Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Freedom Podcast. We're excited to be with you today. Beverly and I are going to be talking about assignment. Uh, we've been four weeks now uh, walking through the process of this prototype that was commissioned October 8th by our friend Chuck Pierce in All In Alabama. We've been talking about, uh, what's the very first one? Oh, uh, of course, identity. Identity. Alignment. Alignment, empowerment, and yes. assignment. Yes. We've been talking from our workbook, Transformation Workbook, and uh, we're continually releasing not only this, but uh, more resources on lifeoffreedom.site. And so we're excited you joined us today. We're going to be uh, drilling down into assignment, the big assignment we believe that we have is the kingdom of God, and then our personal assignment. So it should be a good time together. Beverly, what's happening? Okay. Okay, so I've got a couple of things today because, you know, for me, this whole experience really has been birthed out of a revelation that you had uh, about us being 70% water and how when you speak life. And it's the same research that the um, redemptive gifts was birthed out of, speaking life or death over fetuses. And so um, I've brought, just in case she wanted me to read something out of the redemptive gifts and praying over our gifting. And then I also have a poem today. Let us know what the poem's about today. We well, love the poetry. Since we're talking about assignment, I thought that this was appropriate because we are advancing the kingdom of God and we want to go further. And so the title of the poem is Farther. Hope, joy, gratitude. What can go wrong if I can keep that attitude? Singing life song, keeping up the pace. Endurance, take your time. Just want to finish this race. Stay focused, walk the line. Avoid repeating the process. Like swimming underwater, gain more ground, work less. Steady strokes take you farther. Wow, what a great poem. Well, that's all about assignment to me because... Steady strokes take you farther. And swimming underwater because you can cover more ground. I'm much better swimmer underwater than I am. I mean, I've got a great breaststroke. I love swimming, and uh, I've just discovered that I enjoy it more underwater. It's quiet and peaceful, and you can really hear the Lord, and I enjoy that. And so I think that there's an aspect of when we are uh, learning who we are, learning our identity, and as we become empowered uh, after our alignment, then we go right into our assignment. And I think that you take it slow and steady. You really wait to hear from the Lord, and He gives you your assignment. Kent and I have this tendency to plunge right in, no matter if the water is warm or cold. If we believe the Lord said it, my goodness, we're going to do it. So we're learning to take it a little more slowly ourselves. Well, when we start looking about assignment and a steady Steady strokes continue to make the journey. It's interesting that, you know, what we've talked a lot about purpose and destiny. Uh, and we, we, those are very powerful concepts, of course. But, and we don't, we know we all have a personal purpose and a destiny, but I think assignment's a little different. So, you know, I may be a preacher, but I have an author. Uh, you may be a mechanic or a doctor or a homemaker, whatever we do, right? That is part of our destiny or our purpose. But we all have an assignment, and we all have the same assignment, the ultimate assignment. Yes, advancing the kingdom. kingdom. So the ultimate assignment, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, uh, I'd like to say it like this. It was actually a recommissioning because the original first commissioning was to Adam and Eve. That's right. Where God said, I'm going to give you dominion and authority, and I want you to be fruitful, Mm -hmm. have dominion, and multiply. And so Adam and Eve, the original blueprint, that that was the assignment. Fill the earth, he said, with the goodness and the glory of God. That is our commissioning as kingdom disciples in the earth 
Now, there's a Mark 16 commission that we talk about where it says, uh, go and preach the gospels and those gospel and those that are saved shall be filled with the Holy Spirit and baptize them in the name of the Father. They'll speak in tongues. They'll cast out demons, et cetera, et cetera. But then you have a Matthew 28 commissioning where it actually says, go make disciples of all nations. All nations. And so ultimately it was a recommissioning. Once Jesus introduced us to the concept of, hey, the kingdom of God is here, we all as believers and those citizens of the kingdom received the commission. And it wasn't a suggestion. It was actually a command. Be fruitful, have dominion, Fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. So that is our ultimate assignment. We believe our personal assignment in that is to, as we learned our identity, learned how to align, and learned what empowerment means in the kingdom, our assignment is then who are those that we're supposed to lead into that? Who are those in our sphere of influence that we're supposed to lead so that they can find their identity, their alignment, and their empowerment? And this is where the rubber meets the road. And we want to talk a little bit about that today. Our friend, Dr. Ed Silvoso, does a teaching on prayer evangelism, how to determine who are those that are your assignment uh, that God has sent you. And it's a very, very powerful spiritual concept. Well, and I think the the word reformation, being reformed, is um, being talked about quite a bit, especially in the circles of people that we encounter. And this revelation of understanding that we are the church wherever we go. It's not about coming into a church building. We literally represent the kingdom of God in whatever uh, reformed reformation concept that we have, that we are the kingdom of God. We bring the light. We illuminate people. And the goal of that is to have deeper connections within the community. And not everybody will ultimately be that part of your community, but wherever you go, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those relationships to really develop community and to reform that community and then to advance the kingdom of God. We believe that through COVID, God took the spiritual inference of the church outside the building. Yes. And so most of us around the world were somehow uh, kind of locked into our homes for a couple of year period for stints. Well, my goodness, in some places in the earth, they're still locked in. They're really still fighting this pandemic. We believe that if we try to put that back into the, not that right. we won't gather, not that, it, you know, still we love corporate worship, love the impartations that come through that, but that can't be the inference of it anymore. The inference of it has to be you and I finding our assignment back to Adam and Eve in the garden, back to our homes, our individual lives, stepping into the commissioning that Jesus wants us to fulfill by filling the the kingdom purpose in the earth. So Ed's teaching uh, that we've gleaned from, he starts out with the problem. I love that. And the problem is uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, that the God of this world has blinded people lest they should see the light of the glory of God in the face of Christ. I don't know anybody that ever actually meets Christ that de- denies Christ. I mean, you, you, how it's do you true. deny the very I mean, I've author never heard of your that life? Story. I've, I've never heard that said one single time that once they had really Truly come encountered that connection and that communion, that fellowship. 
I've never heard anyone say so that. So how do they do that? Well, Acts 28 says their eyes are blinded. Our job is to open their eyes yes. so that they can turn from the power of Satan to the power of God and from the power of darkness to the power of light. So in Luke 9, where the teaching develops at the very end of that chapter, it seems Jesus is very frustrated with a group of disciples. He says something on, they couldn't cast a demon out of a man's son, and he says something on these lines, like, how long must I be with you, you perverted, perverse, faithless <laughs> generation? It seems that he might have been a little <laughs> aggravated, you guys. I mean, I'm just getting that. So, And, of course, the way that Kent says it, he, he says he would have gotten rid of them got and started of those all over. got somebody else. Well, but, in a way, he kind of did. He just multiplied them. Well, well, he, the, what's amazing, the very next chapter, we see a shift, and that's what we want to talk about. Luke 10, he gathers another 70 with those 12 and sends them again, but this time with a strategy. And as they implement the strategy, the results are they come back in Luke 10 saying, even the demons, it says they came back rejoicing, <laughs> right. saying, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's a powerful, powerful statement. Somehow such a spiritual shift took place in the atmosphere that demons became subject to disciples. Satan, the principality, fell from the territory, and Jesus said, don't rejoice in that demons are subject, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. A lot of people have taken that to be like written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but this was pre-cross. What Jesus was saying is now, instead of demons and principalities having spiritual dominion in this sphere, now you have their place of authority that's in these right. heavenly places. So what was the strategy? And that's what we want to delve into here just for, for a moment. Well, and I, I think that this is really, for me, I, I really love hearing this and even learning more about it each time because this is what we're mandated to do. And whether you understand the spiritual principle behind that or not, you are seated in heavenly places and God has already delegated that authority to you. So when you come into contact with spiritual uh, forces, you have all authority to bring, just like in, in Luke, to see Satan fall like lightning and that you step into that place and replace them. That is the power of the cross. That Absolutely. is what the cross afforded us. Absolutely. The power to shift the spiritual atmosphere. That's right. The, I love what our old, our dear old friend that's going to be with the Lord now, Ryan Harbunke, used to say, the cross turned a minus into a plus. <laughs> And uh, I love that man. We were talking about him the other day. But this a powerful evangelist, by the way, and that was funny. I mentioned him because I mentioned this on a Zoom call Beverly and I were doing last week. Rod Hart Bunky, right? Millions of souls yes. in Africa. Pastor Benny Hinn, who we were in his ministry, millions of souls around the world. Uh, 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 his name just went out of my mind, the most famous, Billy Graham, uh, et cetera. But did you know that even after all those people that were in these crusades, that still the statistics are only 5% of those who follow Christ actually found Christ uh, in a church or a crusade environment? Only 5%. Or in any large group meeting. I mean, they may have received the seed of the word, but most transformation takes place Around the table. Ninety-five percent of people that follow Christ actually find him through another believer. That's right. Uh, we like to say it like this. Jesus turned the temple into a table. Isn't it interesting that when he came back after the resurrection, he didn't show up at the temple or a synagogue. He showed up at a meal. And we talk about in this final chapter the power of the meal because this was part of Jesus' strategy. Here's what Jesus said to the disciples. Here was the strategy. Go in my name. 
All right, that's powerful. Wherever you go, here's what I want you to do. I want you to release your peace. Yes. Eat whatever is set before you. Minister to the needs that are represented and proclaim the kingdom of God. This was the four-pronged strategy Jesus released to the disciples. Mm -hmm. Ed says it so powerfully. Bless, fellowship, minister, and proclaim. This was the strategy Jesus gave his disciples. Wherever you go to to pronounce the kingdom of God is here. Bless. Start with bless. Then fellowship. Then minister. Proclaim. The bless. The release your peace. Did you realize that the power we have of peace is so powerful that it will remove any curse that's working in someone's life? And we release peace through blessing. You know, peace isn't something that we need to lay down at night. It, the Bible calls it the shoes of peace, right. right? The shoes of the gospel of peace. That's exactly So we right. put our shoes on when we go out into culture. That's Romans sixteen twenty. The God of all peace shall crush Satan under our feet. You have the ability to re- release peace in your home, in your workplace, in your school, in your business, in your work workplace, wherever you are. You have the power to release peace through blessings. And this is so appropriate. I'm going to read this because uh, this is day twenty eight in our blessing your daily blessing your spirit book. I bless you with the anointing of peace to give to others. Spirit, I call your spirit to attention right now, your soul to align behind your spirit and your body to align behind your soul. And they are nourished by the spirit of God. Spirit, I bless you with profound reconciliation with God that leads to fearless compulsion to share the peace you have with others. I bless you with peace coming from you, causing people to seek you out, asking about the hope within you. I bless you with evangelism as a natural part of your life, the normal conversation you have with strangers and friends alike. I bless you with a vast harvest of family, friends, and strangers you meet only in passing. I bless you with being a mighty reconciler, bringing people into peace with God. I bless you in the name of the one who crucified hands and feet brought good news of peace to the entire world. How beautiful is that? Wow, what a powerful blessing. It's Thank perfect, you. right? Absolutely. I, mean, I, I was hoping that I'd have an opportunity to share that because this is really what it looks like. It's just letting your hope shine onto others. And that's peace. I mean, really, it brings peace. It can come in the form of just a kind word. Yes. It can come to you know, a, a verbal blessing. It could come in an act of generosity to bless somebody with something so that so that they're touched by the generosity of God. It could be uh, that uh, really seems our to be our gifting it does. right there. It's yeah. a true gift of evangelism. Wherever we go, we end up having some incredible conversation, and it it comes just from that, just that simply a kind word, a, a little encouragement, and maybe a blessing, uh, and not always financial, but just some kindness, and it opens up an entire world of opportunity to just share what Christ has done for us. It you know it's staggering. Uh, to see the results of that and how it works. Because Jesus said, if they receive your peace, this this really set us free. If they receive your peace, you will feel it leave you. You will feel a divine connection. If they don't receive your peace, Jesus said, just dust your feet off and go down the road. That's not you rejecting them, and that's not them rejecting you. That's simply they're not your assignment. That's right. And it, it is so profound that you know it. And uh, for well, for me in particular, I have very little boundaries when it comes 
to that. I mean, I want to say yes every single time, but I've learned through a lot of trial and process, really, that that's just not what God has for me. And it's not what he has for everyone else either. I used to think that every person that we came into contact with was literally my responsibility to somehow Mm -hmm. impart something or to bless them or to pray with them. And it's just not what God's plan is. And I want to encourage you in that. If they do not receive your peace, they will receive someone else's. Yeah, there's somebody's assignment. That's exactly right. They just are not yours. There's a, I'm reminded of a young lady that Beverly and I were in a restaurant eating, and you know it was just that connection. But all of a sudden, Beverly spoke a word of blessing to this young lady, and uh, the next thing you know, uh, she obviously received it. She lit up when Bev spoke these kind words to her, and we we ate a meal, and then felt led to bless her financially, and we did, and that blessed her even yes. again. But the next level Ed talked about was fellowship. And so what happens is once you bless and they receive your peace, you go to the next level. So we began to, when we would go to this restaurant, you know, look for her. She yes. would look for us. Next thing you know, uh, because of a past addiction, she had some issues with her teeth. Next thing you know, uh, Beverly's fellowship, in fellowship with her, and we make some moves to help her, you know, get that sorted out. The next thing you know, uh, we've yes, re- we've sure. realized who her children are. <laughs> Don't make me cry. I might the, well, and the next thing that. you know, uh, she's she's asking, inquiring, you know, what are, what is this generosity? What is this kindness? What is what is this about? It's the kingdom of God. Next thing you know, she's accepted Jesus. Yes. Next thing you know. Uh, you know, she's. We just saw her week before last. Yeah, she's. You know, she her whole life's taken a different yes. path and a different destiny, because we blessed and second fellowship. So discipleship and evangelism is not just about saying a prayer; it's getting involved in people's life, because we we so often try to get people to. Uh, accept a Jesus that they don't know. But once they see the love of God, experience the love of God through us as believers, the next step, that step is fellowship. The third step, minister, that can be practically. That can be helping somebody practically. It can be a spiritual problem. But if whatever, here's what's exciting. If they're your assignment, God will have given you the grace to meet their needs. And that need could be financial. That need could be spiritual. That need could be healing, deliverance, reconciliation. But Jesus has given us, he says he's given us the keys to the kingdom. So when someone's your assignment, you have the key to unlock the kingdom for them and to lock hell up on their behalf. And then what happens, fourth and final, proclaim. Normally, it's like, what is this about? Well, this is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come into you. And so we say, bless, fellowship, minister, and proclaim. This is the way Jesus wants you to fulfill your personal assignment as you begin to extend his kingdom, love, and power to others. Now, we kind of had an aha moment when we started this several years ago uh, as an experiment with some of our uh, followers here at church. Uh, three couples, actually, that we brought to our home and begin to have meals together based upon, as what I said earlier, G- we talk about this in the workbook, about how powerful a meal yes. is together. You know, Zacchaeus' life was changed by a meal. One meal changed his life forever. Jesus, they asked a question, why do you eat with sinners? He said, because the sick don't, don't I mean, the well don't need a physician, the sick do. 
No, right? I, I'm just thinking about Peter on Cornelius's roof and how the Lord just showed him. Oh, he's like, don't get caught up in that. Just dying with people. <laughs> I mean, it was really. I mean, it was it was a rebuke in just the most profound way. But he had such a vision of that because there was so much judgment. You can see how the enemy, the God of this world, tried to steal the table even once again just by all of the prohibitive laws that had been introduced around eating. Yes. Well, in the church, if you read the book of Acts, that's how the church was was grown. Yes. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, it says they went from house to house eating, sharing what they had with one another, generosity, right, meeting needs. And it says daily the Lord added to the church those who should be saved. In two short years, history records the church in Jerusalem alone just in house-to-house eating, proclaiming the kingdom of God, grew to over 100,000 believers. It's A whole city was, was shaken. And so you may ask the question, what, which, which is this aha moment we had, what does me leading a handful of people into their assignment so that they know their identity, they know their alignment and empowerment, how does that save a nation, right? How does that baptize a nation? Well, we, we, we had an aha moment when we understood the scripture. It says, he that winneth souls is wise. Well, all my life, you know, I was thinking that's conversion, which I know that's part of it, but the but that scripture's in Proverbs. It is. It's not in the Gospels. And Proverbs talk, said, actually, he that winneth souls is wise uh, is talking about making someone's life better. And so we developed this transformation map on page 129, and it begins on a very low level of what we'll call frequency or vibration of shame, guilt, fear, anger. Then you see a line, we believe, that represents the cross uh, or, or an encounter with God. And then you see you begin to move to courage, gratitude, joy, abundance, peace, and enlightenment, enlightenment. And we realized that 80% of culture live on a very low frequency or vibration in shame, guilt, fear, or anger, even jealousy. And we we had a question the other night, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. Uh, Bev, do you mind pulling that up? No, if you, if you have time? it's such the, a fantastic the, the way we revelation. concluded about this map is years ago I was studying on vibrations and frequencies and I was introduced to a book by a doctor, a Japanese doctor, right? Doctor Emoto. Doctor Emoto, mm-hmm. who had who had Masaru come to Masaru Emoto, who, who had concluded that you could actually measure vibrations. Well, this is what this is what we've learned about it. And the interesting aspect of it is, I believe that our bodies are either seventy or eighty percent water. Correct. So this makes so much sense. And tying it back in with the redemptive gifts testing, when they tested one hundred fetuses and proclaim death, and the fetuses respond, no, I'm alive. So Dr. Emoto demonstrated that words have a vibration, which is something we've been really talking a lot about. Right. What kind of frequency and what vibration are we emoting Jesus and emitting? Jesus is the word. Yeah, and, well, we're going to come to that. How about that? And the words have a vibration and will actually alter the structure of water crystals. So how much more uh, are bodies respond and the water that we are comprised of also responds. He found that uplifting, positive, and encouraging words created beautiful, balanced, and symmetric crystals. Destructive, hateful, and evil words had the opposite effect on the water crystals. 
And there is a visual here that I wish I could show you because it shows just literally the the absolute beautiful crystals that are maybe formed. we could put it maybe we could uh, yeah we those can listening do a graphic. You, those listening yes. you won't be able to see it but uh, those uh, those watching you possibly could see it on the on our graphic here but these perfect crystals if you say thank you and demonstrate love and gratitude and harmony just beautiful like perfect little snowflakes evil you fool whatever you're going to say. I hate to even say negative words, but they are just literally deformed. I mean, whereas these are beautiful crystals that have shaped just in the, the form of just love being being just proclaimed. And then it goes on to say, we use the transformational power of words every day. You, incre- you control this incredible force because your thoughts become your words. You're the master of your ship, guiding it to safe lands of prosperity, abundance, happiness, and freedom. Choose your words wisely and be the agent of positive change in a world that desperately needs you. I love every bit well, of that. Well, so we, so we begin to realize when you bless people, yes. when you say kind words, it begins to to literally physically cause vibrations to begin to shift the spiritual atmosphere over individuals, cities, states, and, and nations, nations, because the they determine that. Uh, even though 80% of culture in general live on a low level of vibration of shame, guilt, fear, anger, jealousy on those levels, that one person living in any form of courage, gratitude, or joy thats right released an energy or a vibration into the atmosphere that nullified the negative energy of 75,000 individuals. The numbers are astounding, astounding. And you move on to someone that moves in even to an abundance or peace, the vibration even gets stronger and begins to nullify not just thousands, but millions. And then when you get to a place of full enlightenment, then what happens, you get to releasing such an energy into the atmosphere that literally cities, states, and nations begin to change. And his ultimate uh, thought was the very power of love, which is the highest vibration in the universe, the very powerful, it says love, uh, Corinthians, love is greater than anything, overcomes everything. If you get to a place where you are living in the love of God, when that's released, he demonstra- he he makes the demonstration when Christ died on the cross, the very act the, the greatest act of love ever to happen, it released such a energy into the earth that it's still vibrating it's still two thousand years later yes. and changing and transforming yes. lives now because of the power of that. So hence now we realize by disciples blessing, mm-hmm. fellowshipping ministering and proclaiming, even on that level, Satan fell like lightning from yes. heaven because the spiritual transformation took place over the entire atmosphere. So I want to encourage you that even though it may seem like a small scale leading a group in your home or leading a group at work or at school in a transformational process, it's like the butterfly effect. There is a much broader spiritual thing happening in the kingdom of God as we do our part in fulfilling our assignment. And so uh, we write about this, of course, and it's Powerfully explained in the Transformation Workbook. You can get lifeoffreedom.site. We want to challenge you and encourage you. We wrote this this uh, 
workbook with the concept of it being a prototype so that you could take this and not just be experience transformation, but be an agent of transformation. So we challenge you that are listening or watching today just to step into it. If you don't, if you already have the book, obviously you're prepared. If you don't grab a hold of a copy of it, go through the information, but we would encourage you to do it with others. When we begin this journey, we just took a pen and circled down the people we know, four or five people in our sphere of influence. Who do we know that's living in a level of shame, guilt, fear, anger, jealousy, these low vibrations, and write their name in that circle. Yes. And then pray, God, are the, are these people my assignment? If so, give me a divine connection. And we've heard story after story that as soon as somebody drew their name in a circle and prayed, the next day, the next week, they ran into them at a store. They got a text from them, and they knew that they were their assignment, brought them into a group, took them through the concept of identity, alignment, empowerment, and the next thing you know, these folks begin to walk in transformation and begin filling their assignment. Well, and I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit because I love this because the 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 pattern, as you said earlier, people are being introduced to a Jesus that they don't know. And, you know, it's all good of all the great things that's going to happen that are going to happen for you if you make this decision. But then if you say, well, you know, let me think about that for a minute. Well, you're going to burn in hell. I mean, if you don't decide right now. And Jesus had a completely different model. And it, it's belong, become, behave, and believe. And I think that as long as you feel like you're part of something and you come into an environment where you're allowed to become aware, illuminated, mm-hmm. you're, you begin to ask questions and you have answers, well, then your behavior begins to align. It's the same principle. I Frankly, I think... That's very powerful. Th- well, this whole, this, the whole model has been so upside down for so long and effective, yes, because well, it's fear-based, but Jesus didn't want a fear-based uh, group of people coming into alignment with him. He wanted people that understood they belonged to a bigger community that the kingdom of God that is is come to earth. He he has said it is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And so once you do that, and then as your behaviors begin to align with godly principles and king, uh, the kingdom of God and all the alignment happens, then you believe. You believe in what's happened because the transformation has happened on the inside of you. And as you begin to share that with others, you're so passionate about it because you want everyone to have that same light and that same illumination and to understand that you you don't have to live at such a low life vibration. And um, it's like functioning under a spirit. And I'm going to kind of go off chart here for just a second. Most people who are oppressed by a demonic entity have no idea that they're functioning right. uh, you know, through that filter. And I think that that's what happens as you come into the knowledge of Christ. You're able to believe all of the good things that God has said about you instead of the negativity. And so then you begin to emit and emote a positive vibration that draws others to you. And so then you, just by sheer virtue of believing the word of God, begin to advance the kingdom because people are drawn to you. They want to know. We have enjoyed these Zoom calls that we've been doing along with this four-week teaching so much because they've asked great questions. And we, we've we enjoyed it so much that we went ahead and just preemptively believed that you may have these same questions. So we've put a section together so that any questions that you have, you should be able to go online and ask the questions. And they're right there. Hopefully we've answered them for you. But it, it's because we went through this process. Now, 
I got saved in the front seat of my Bonneville. Holy Spirit just came and got That's me. That's a car, by the way, for the it's, millennials. They don't laugh. It's a, it was a big old sedan. I have no idea what I was Millennials don't have a clue what a Bonneville have, is. It's I have actually, no idea oh, It's an Oldsmobile. It's an Oldsmobile. It's an automobile. It, was it runs on gas, not electric. It was electric. so fly when I had it. It was brand new. It was a great ride. But Kent, on the other hand, had had some really adverse circumstances in life and had, you know, been delivered from drug addiction and went to church, went to his home church. And in typical fashion, you know, the elders gathered around him and some yelled, let go, and some yelled, hold on. And at the end of it, he was free and had committed his life to the Lord. I was just driving literally down Allendale Road on a Wednesday night and got to the stop sign and Holy Spirit said, now is the time my child come into me. And I was baptized in a baptism of sheer love. I don't even know how to explain it to you. It was wave after wave after wave of the love of God. And so my bad behavior that had come before and definitely came after because I believed in the Lord. I know that I had given my life to the Lord, but I was not immediately changed from all of my behaviors, but I was changed from a non-believer into a believer in that second. And everything else began to align with that. I was so desperate to understand what had happened to me. And because I had been raised in a denomination, I had been water baptized, I had given myself to the Lord. And I think that that was really an important step, but it was a step. It wasn't the final project. This is a great point you're making because there are people in the church that are living on this low level of vibration. That's what I mean. They've already accepted Jesus. I was living at a low level. But never experienced transformation. Even though I didn't realize it, I was living at a very low level vibration compared to what God wanted me to have. And Kent said it so powerfully. I mean, the, the ultimate act of love when Jesus gave his life for us, the the first fruit of the resurrected sons and daughters of the living God, that impact, it's that love of God. It's the love of God that draws all men to him. And that's what this whole transformational agent is about. First of all, is understanding how loved you are. And once again, I'm going to go kind of a little, you know, off topic. However, when we first started Word Alive, we met with so many individuals and so many couples, and that's the very first thing we did. We shared our testimony. Why? Because we believe strongly. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we love our lives not unto death. And they could not wrap, they had been so beaten down by mm. the spirit of religion and what expectations were of how they were supposed to behave. That's with, a great point. Without having the opportunity to first believe. Or belong. And they just couldn't believe that God loved them. They, they, Nobody's ever said that to me, that God loves me. I'm like, well, it's it's a love letter. The word is a love letter. It's a, The Bible is an entire love letter with some history in there, some personal letters, some experiences you want to avoid, some wars you don't want to get entangled in. But that was one of the most, um, for me, it was challenge accepted. And I... I think I determined, and I had determined a long time ago, that demonstrating how much God loves us was a part of the mandate on my life. But just sitting across from these broken individuals that received the love of God and really became part of a community, it was a beautiful experience. And so that's the whole bless, don't blast. Just 
know that when you release your piece, if it's received, then you have an assignment. And if it comes back to you, there's someone else's assignment. And we learned that. We really, truly did. But it is the love of God. It was the biggest gift and the biggest sacrifice, but Jesus gave it all. And that is still reverberating and resonating through the entire universe to this moment, not just the earth realm, but the entire universe. And we still to this moment don't even know how vast that is. Well, that graphics on page 136, 137, the typical pattern, believe first, then behave, then become, then belong. But the Jesus model, belong first, then become, then behave, then believe. And so we just really believe in that this tool can be placed in your hands and that you can not only experience personal transformation, but become an agent of transformation. You can go to lifeoffreedom.site to get a workbook. There's QR codes that help direct you through the process and the teaching. It's a simple four-week course that's designed for you to lead others into the power of their personal transformation and allow them to fulfill their assignment as well. The Bible says the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Beverly and I feel very passionate right now about equipping you as believers to take the prototype of transformation and not only experience personal transformation, but be an agent of transformation and in the earth. And to take the kingdom with you wherever you go. Absolutely. And, I mean, and this is Jesus's model. When Kent was talking about in Luke earlier, when the disciples came back, and clearly they had been empowered to go out and cast out devils. So there, they they didn't succeed, but there was a success and celebration on the other side of that because Jesus just empowered them all again. And he said, look, it's not about inviting them to go to the temple. It's not about inviting them to to have demons cast out or any such thing. It's just the kingdom of God is within you. Now just share that. And that's exactly what they did. And their success rate was just off the chart. Well, we believe that we've made it into a very practical form that because in the past we didn't yes. have something tangible to lay our hands on to lead us through the transformational process. So once again, you can get this at lifeoffreedom.site. There's a lot of other resources that can help you there. Lifeoffreedom.site, L-I-F-E-O-F-F-R-E-E-D-O-M dot S-I-T-E, lifeoffreedom.site. Jesus said, as God sent me, so I now send you, and breathed upon his disciples, and they received the Holy Spirit. We believe God is sending you, sending us on assignment to the earth to proclaim the message of transformation of the kingdom of God. We stretch our hands toward you yes. today, whether you're listening or watching. Yes. And just by faith today, we just breathe. We release the breath. And we believe as an act of faith that Jesus breathing upon you, sending you now into your assignment. We just release the breath of God by faith to begin to blow, representing the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. now that is the sending agent in the earth. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are sending now sons and daughters of God into the culture that we live in with the power and the message of transformation and your kingdom assignments are now being received and are going to be fulfilled In the name of Jesus, you said you would build your ecclesia and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Lord, may many pick up their assignment now and begin to step forward into this experience. We ask you for it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We sure have enjoyed this time with you today. Thank you for spending time with us. Uh, 
we're excited about the process of transformation. Lifeoffreedom.site is how you get connected. If you're here in the state of Alabama and you'd like to know more about us transforming a state, then you can go to allinalabama.org. Galatians 5.1 says it is for freedom that Christ has made us free. Stand fast, therefore, in that liberty. We love you guys. We bless you, and we'll see you again next time.